everyone, I'm Kendria. I need you to go like, follow, and subscribe. Soul Productions. What's up everyone? And this is Next Level Thinking. What's up, everyone? It's another great episode of Next Level Thinking. It's your host, Chris Holmes, as always, helping you take it to the next level. And you know what we're all about, great, bringing you great motivation, energy, and telling other people's story so that you can relate and overcome your obstacles. Today, I have a special guest with me by the name of... Michael Ward, Jr. Awesome, awesome. So, with you being here on this interview, tell the audience a little bit about yourself so they can know more of what you do and your story. Sure, sure. So, hi everyone, my name is Michael Ward Jr. I am the president and CEO of Autumn, which is Austin Urban Technology Movement, and we connect the black and Hispanic community with the tech industry. So a lot of my time is spent around eliminating the digital divide and increasing the number of representatives from the black and Hispanic community that are inside the tech industry. I'm originally from Miami, my background Jamaican. Uh, I love long walks on the beach. I'm happily married and I love, love, love good food made with love. Awesome, awesome. All right, now that's a good way to start it <laughs> off and <laughs> much more. And it sounds like uh, you're very huge into communication, especially with those who have a voice and wasn't or like into the tech, like industry you're talking about. Uh, but tell us a little bit background story of like how did you uh, get um, start with all of that because uh, we all know there's a story like what sparked your interest oh man that uh that dates back to my time in miami just when i was heavily involved in the community so ever since i was in miami i've been always involved with giving back making sure that we take care of those that are most in need whether that was through my church whether i was volunteering at my school that's kind of how overall my my love for the community really started and it's grounded in my faith. You know, I, I, am a, I am spiritual, I am a Christian, so that definitely ties in into what I do and why I value the community so much. Uh, but the way I got into Autumn, most fast forward is I got recruited by Oracle uh, when I was a senior graduating from the University of North Carolina. Um, at the time, I didn't know anything about technology. I was not a technical person. Uh, my focus was to become a foreign officer. I wanted to go to the Peace Corps. I wanted to get into politics like that. So it was the overall direction that I wanted to go. Um, however, once Oracle reached out to me, I said, sure, you know, let, let, me, let me see what Oracle is. Let me do some digging. Um, and after a, a long process of interviews with financial advising, with Peace Corps, with Intel, Oracle just made the most sense at the time. Um, so I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and actually just commit to Oracle. And when I actually committed to Oracle, I was actually overseas at the time um, okay. during the holiday break. And I wanted to just finish my interviews. I just graduated University of North Carolina. I was tired of having interviews from overseas. I wanted to enjoy my time there. So I just committed to Oracle. And when I started working at Oracle, I got hired as a sales and marketing representative, uh, focusing on back-end and front-end technology for both on-premise and the cloud. And... While I was working at Oracle, I was also overseeing their black internal employee resource group called ABLE. Uh, so I was having my sales job nine to five, but also leading this organization, which is ABLE, over about 14 different locations. So I was responsible for recruiting, retention, and upper mobility of the black employees while also having my nine to five. But that was up in Boston. I got recruited from Oracle to work in Boston. 
And then after being up there for about a year and a half, I moved down to Austin. And when I moved down to Austin, I wanted to get plugged into the community. So then that's when I joined Autumn because I wanted to bring Oracle's resources as the chair of their internal employee resource group for the black employees. I wanted to bring that resource, uh, those resources to Autumn. Uh, so then that's when I kind of started volunteering. I started being engaged with them since 2016. Uh, they were an informal organization at the time, and I did not want to leave anything else. I already had enough on my plate, uh, but I definitely wanted to bring more of those resources to Autumn. So I started volunteering. Fast forward a year later, uh, our board of 12 went down to like seven. Another year, the board of seven went down to just five. Another few months, it went down to just me. And I decided to actually not let an organization that I love die out. So in 2018, I decided to leave corporate America um, and do Autumn full time. And now I'm the president and CEO of Autumn. We're a nonprofit organization. We incorporated last year in 2019, uh, but we've been around since 2016. So I definitely give uh, the start of Autumn to Oracle to really opening me to the tech industry and exposing me to all the goodness, but also all the challenges of what that means. Awesome, awesome, all great value and much more. And while listening, uh, that just tells the whole story and the journey of when it comes to, you may have something originally planned what you wanted, but it's funny how life goes like, uh, I know you want to do this, but let me just uh, throw this a little bit in your direction a little bit. Or I know you want to go left, but I'm, let me uh, redirect you a little bit. But that's <laughs> actually how you grow, though, at the same time, because when you face the different turns and things like that, you learn more of who you are, uh, your interests and things like that, and so that you grow into the direction that you sh you should uh, become. So with all of that, uh, I want to dive a little bit more into the story. Uh, what is some like the if you could choose three things that you uh, three top things you learned through this journey and to the point where you left corporate America, what would it be? The three things that I would point out is number one, everything's about collaboration. Um, you can't do as much by yourself as you can with other people. Uh, I learned that just in my time in sales, working at Oracle when I was trying to close deals. It was a lot easier working on teams to get those deals closed. And when I, you know, when I look at that outside of, outside of the private sector and I think about the public sector, is that we have a lot of challenges today because we're just not collaborating enough, right? We're staying in our silos and we are not looking at the other side of the spectrum to see who is doing the work that we're doing, but in a different way, right? How can we collaborate them to amplify our work, to amplify their work, and really have a deeper impact in our community? So collaboration is definitely one that I've learned along the way. Okay. Secondly is consistency. Okay. Uh, and consistency also go back to sales, right? You know, you know what they say in sales, it takes about eight to 12 touches before you actually land a deal or land a meeting or actually get people to communicate with you. And I realized here in, in Austin and just in a, in, a, in a public sector that we're not as consistent as we need to be. We'll start a project one time and we think we'll start a project. We think that we'll do it, you know, once a year and, oh, problem solved. And it's like, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're trying to solve something that's been around for hundreds of years and you're looking to do it in a, in a one shot and in, one, in a one go around. And it doesn't work that way, right? The, the amount of time you put into something is really going to have an effect about whether or not that is successful or that dies out. Uh, so collaboration is the first one. Consistency is the second one. 
And lastly, this kind of goes back into collaboration a little bit, but it's over communication. I don't mean just communication as in I send you an email once a quarter. No, 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 no. I mean, like we are best buds. You know what I'm doing. I know what you're doing. I'm trying my best to be as proactive as I can be because it'll better help you plan your programming, your events, your initiatives. If you know, oh, this is what Michael's doing. Oh, that's what Autumn is doing. Oh, that's what this organization is doing, right? So we don't communicate enough. We stay in our silos. We're not collaborative and we don't be consistent. So when I look at that, I'm like, oh, these three things in a sales role will either make you successful or make you not successful, right? So you're, you're going to have to be consistent. You're going to have to collaborate with many individuals on the team, and you're definitely going to have to communicate so people know what you're doing. And those are the three things that I've learned throughout my, my sales career, throughout my time leading organizations, throughout my time working at ADP, is that without those three components, we really can't have a strong enough or a deep enough impact and actually implement long-lasting change. And that's what I, that's what my real focus is on, long-lasting change. I don't want a Band-Aid. I don't want a short-term fix. No, no, no. I want something that will change not just the lives of individuals and families, but generations and nations. It's a completely different type of conversation. Awesome. Great answer. Uh, that sounds like a seminar where you be standing on the stage, the three C's. Now, what's the three C's? <laughs> Collaboration, communication, consistency. So yeah, you, do, yeah, you can yeah. spin that off, you know, just like when you said it like that, and it all started with, I was like, okay. <laughs> Very nice. So definitely on the last one, uh, when you were talking about communication, and I dive in deep when you were talking about, but it also um, reminds me of something a good friend of was talking, telling about uh, relationships. You know, a lot, so many people just kind of like build to something just for that one time of transaction, and then it's gone, and they're like, well, why is my business not growing? Because you're not actually building a true relationship with these people. Uh, if you really think about like businesses that actually succeed on a long term, they build real relationships, real relationships with their customers. They know who they are. Uh, they know the birthdays and things like that. They check on them and things like that. It's the little details that go a long way uh, that separates you from the rest. And that will take you so much farther and things like that. So I'm going to go a little bit earlier, what you were talking about. And it seems like you are very uh, passionate about helping the black community and, you know, helping them thriving uh, opportunities and so much for. So like what uh, drives that passion to help out the black community? Uh, was that something you were just like born with or like what sparked it? Yeah, so that goes back to my faith. Um, I, I'm a big believer that there's two options in our world, only two, good and evil. That's it. Everything else stems from those two things. And what I've realized, is, you know, where I'm from, so I'm from Miami, I grew up seeing everybody. I grew up seeing, you know, Hispanics. I grew up seeing Asians. I grew up seeing Europeans. I grew up seeing everybody from all walks of life. And I'm Jamaican, right? So when I grew up in Miami, it wasn't that you are, you're black or you're, you're Hispanic. It's like, oh, you're Jamaican. Oh, you're Haitian. Oh, you're Colombian. You're Argentinian, right? So wherever you're from, uh, that's what you are. And from Miami, we just had a good community-based like, orientation. And I was very involved in my church. So when I leave Miami, though, and I, go to, and I go to school in North Carolina, I go to school, I go to work in Boston, I come live in Austin, and I see, oh, wait a minute, we're, we're not as, uh, as um, glued or as consistent or as together as we are or as we were when I was in Miami. And I realized that as I got older, I got more 
I guess my eyes just opened up to the challenges in the world and I kind of popped my bubble, right? Uh, so because it popped my bubble and I just realized that not enough people are actually speaking up for those that are most in need. And here in America, those that are most in need predominantly are Black and Hispanic in various different ways, right? Whether we're talking about the COVID-19 disparities, lack of funding for businesses, lack of income. I mean, you name it across the board. Definitely the Black and Hispanic community, and you can open it up to the global majority, right? So Black, Indigenous, and people of color. We are negatively impacted in various different ways. And one of my quotes that I live by is that we are only as strong as our weakest link. So if I know that I could provide value, I could help someone, I could be there with my time, my treasure, my talents, I'm going to do that because that comes from goodness, right? All that stems from love. And I don't feel like we are expressing enough love in our community, but instead we are either being silent or we are talking out the side of our neck as if we, as if like we're not all humans, right? As if we all don't want the same thing. It's like, don't you want a place to sleep? Don't you want to, don't you want food in your, in your tummy? Don't you want to pay your bills? Like, like these are all, don't you want the good, don't you want a good future for your children, right? These are all things that we can agree on. But yet we don't focus on what brings us together. We focus more so on the differences. And once again, that goes back to just being selfish and, you know, being uh, just thinking about yourself. And those qualities aren't good qualities, right? Those qualities don't stem from love. Because if you love someone, you're going to be selfless, right? You're, 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 you're going to want to put their value above your own to make sure that they're okay. Uh, so for me, when I think about the black community, and obviously I'm black as well, right? So, so the black community has a has a warm you know place in my heart. Uh, but when I really think about the brothers and sisters that I grew up with from Miami, I want everybody to be successful. And there's just not enough of us really pushing the, the agenda of prosperity for all, right? You know, I, I'm a believer that we live in a land of abundance. We just have to prioritize. We have to not want everything and realize that it's okay if I, it's okay if I just, it's okay if I'm a millionaire, right? Like, like I don't need to be a billionaire or a trillionaire while we have people who are homeless and poor. It's like, come on, like, 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 we need to really rethink about this a little bit and just like restructure our society to the point where everyone will be okay being at the bottom because being at the bottom still means you're self-sustaining versus not being able to take care of yourself. Very strong, strong. So that's a lot of notes in there among itself, especially with uh, I'm a whole one of my questions, but I'm going to ask you this one. Um, we keep talking about like uh, the growth, but also the, you know, how people overcome it much more. So like, what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome on your journey and how did you overcome it? Sure. I'll just say this one is like, let the boy die to the man to grow, right? Uh, I think a lot of times we second guess ourselves because of the lack of experience that we have or because of our, our age. Um, and with a lot of work that I do, I'm normally the youngest person in the room. You know, I'm not that young. Right? I'm 28. But, you know, the conversations I'm having, people are like double my age having the same conversations. And it's like, well, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's rethink this a little bit. Uh, but then it's kind of have like that imposter syndrome, which is definitely uh, prevalent inside the black community because of so much oppression over the years of us not feeling that we're strong enough. Uh, so for me, in the, in the beginning stages, it was like me not fully believing in myself, right? Um, that also goes back to having doubt, but also going back to not valuing myself. 
so there were definitely moments when, mind you, I, I'm growing as a man myself, but at the same time, I'm like battling with corporate America. I'm battling with what society tells me I should or should not do. And there was a point of my life when I was like, you know what, like I'm not allowing anyone else to dictate what I do or don't do. I have my relationship with the Lord. I got my relationship with my family. I got my wife, you know, as long as I know that I'm, abide, I'm abiding by my philosophy and my morals, which is, you know, on the straight and narrow, okay, I'm going to use that to fuel me. So no more second guessing, no more saying, oh, this or that. Hey, mistakes are going to happen. It's okay. Allow that to happen and learn from it and keep on moving forward. So it's really about allowing your, your knowledge to transfer into wisdom and then knowing when to apply what you know and continue to move forward in that light. Awesome, awesome, which is a great way for me to ask this next question, especially mm-hmm. with the amount of great value, is the importance of loving yourself and also how he had to lean back with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the importance of loving yourself and knowing greatness is upon you mindset so i'm gonna go ahead and let you handle that heavy weighted question but i know it's gonna be a lot of value when you answer it yeah i appreciate that and, and it's so funny that um that you say that because the first thing that comes to mind is uh, i think it's philippians 4 verse 8 it's uh i'm gonna butcher it but it's uh whatever is just whatever is noble whatever is right uh whatever is good if there's such things think about those things um, and that goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, everything stems, stems from love or evil, right? So if you are, and mind you, I do battle with this myself. If you are telling us, if you are saying, oh, you know, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, you dropped the ball. Oh, you know, you should have done better. Oh, you know, stop being lazy. If you're just having these negative thoughts in your head, then it's going to produce a negative outcome, right? You know, you are what you think, you know, whether you say you can or you can't, you're both right. It just depends on what you think in that moment. So when I, when I think about loving yourself, you know, I, I am definitely hard on myself. And I know that I am. This is still a work in progress for me because I just have high expectations for myself. I know the things exactly. that I want to do. I know the goals that I have. I, I know the challenges that out there exist in the world that I want to overcome. However, you have to realize that you are human, right? Like, like everybody has limitations. And I think there are times when we, when we put ourselves too high on a pedestal and and not give itself a little a, a little um, little grace right you know it's like grace is definitely an, an option for you to give yourself but you need to understand that if you are thinking you know positivity if you are doing uh joyful things well then that is going to change your behavior but if you are here putting yourself down well, then you're, you are inviting this psychological warfare that is going to take you down a, a pathway that you don't want to go down. And then that leads to depression, that may lead to alcoholism, that may lead to drug abuse, and a whole bunch of other stuff now starts coming down just because you didn't just love yourself. You didn't accept, uh, you didn't accept any, uh, any of, the, of the mistakes you've made as growing opportunities. Um, and so it all comes down to mindset and ensuring that you do take the time to rest. You take the time to do the thing that you love, that you, that you enjoy. So then when you are done, you can sit back and say, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good at myself because I know I did the best that I can do in regards to the situation. That's what the outcome is. It's like, oh, you know, you're doing the, the right stuff. So continue doing that and don't allow 
any mistakes or, or opportunities that you believe didn't go the way you want them to go, don't use that as a way to put yourself down because that's only going to go down a, a deeper hole. And I've been there myself in many different years of, um, beforehand. What I have learned is focus your mind on what is good, what is just, what is noble, and that'll take you far. Because if you think about it, like, there's always something to complain about, but you always have something to be happy about, to be, to be grateful for. You know, you're alive. You have family, you have friends, you have a job, you have food in your stomach, right? You have a place to live, right? So there's so many things we can be grateful about. We just have to focus on those things over the others. And that would allow us to love ourselves more and really give ourselves some grace and some gratitude. Awesome, awesome. Over here in the church choir, you just uh, taking notes. You know, somebody <laughs> to run around the whole church house going, hallelujah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, when I was listening to this, a lot of this came from like what you were uh, basically the main uh, thing I grabbed was the mindset. No, I can't hear you, Chris. Hold on, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, Mike. True. Now, what I was trying to say before I had a little technical <laughs> difficulty, it's all good. That just shows how real this conversation is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was like a, what you were um, basically saying, it comes down to the concept of a mindset. Because when you put in your mind that um, you were going to go after this goal and more positive thoughts and things like that, you pretty much... Uh, create your own reality. At the same time, if you allow negative things to consume your mind, you're going to pretty much um, <laughs> perform and uh, make your own reality. So it's very important to stay on a positive note and keep your mindset steady so you can continue to progress and things like that. But I want to follow with this question. What do you think um, makes people struggle with this because we know or we have dreams and things that we want to obtain in life but at the same time for some odd reason like it's like I want to be a millionaire or I want to have a nice home or nice family and things like that but then you have that person or it's like the second person of yourself in the back of your head be like "Ah, I don't know uh maybe you would want something a little less like what what why do you think that happens in someone's mind on their um, journey to progress something that should be good for them? Sure. So I'm going to answer this kind of in two ways. Uh, one, I'm going to say it's your environment, right? So mm-hmm. it's what you watch. It's what you read. It's what you eat. It, it, it's what you, what, you, what you are intaking that is allowing that response to occur. Uh, so I, I talk to my cousins a lot, you know, my, my sisters, my brothers, they, they talk to me say, how do you keep on going, right? How, how do you push through the time when you don't want to do, you know, anything? And it's like, well, number one, everything that I do, I'm not doing for myself. I'm not really doing for people. I'm doing it for the Lord because I'm pushing for goodness and prosperity because that goes back to my roots of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So as I'm pushing through, I have to realize that, hey, there are other factors that are telling me I'm not as good as I need to be. That's society, 
right? That's me comparing myself to other people, right? There's a lot of other things that make me start thinking negatively or thinking I'm not enough or thinking I'm a failure along the way because I'm doing a lot of comparisons to other people, what I have, what I don't have. I'm not looking at my life, really. And I'm simply not even looking at my life. I'm looking more so at other people's life and saying, oh, I want that or I don't have that. So, so, so that's like the one thing I say on the environment. Now, the second piece of it, and this is what I've realized really in the past two years, two, three years that this has really hit home, is that we are not fueling our body enough. And what I mean by that is this. Everything goes back to good and evil, right? So good and evil. So if you're not infusing yourself with love, with which, which in this scenario is the word, is going to church, is giving, serving, right? all these things, uh, from a Christian perspective, I say, you know, these stem from goodness, right? If you're not doing those things and instead you are inserting a lot of society things into your mind, well, then when the devil and temptation and evil come knocking on your door, you're just going to let them in, right? Like, like you, you, you're just going to let them in completely. You're not actually going to have the resolve that is strong enough to overcome the negative aspects of life because life is not easy. Like, 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 like living here in this world right now is not easy at all because of how much temptation and sin is out there. So if you are not going to church, if you are not, I might just my belief, right? So I'm saying from, from my belief. So if you're not going to church, you're not reading the word, then how are you navigating life? Right? Like, like, like what, what are you using as your life book? to help you to actually go through. That's I could show you right here. I got my life application study Bible right here next to me. Um, and I've used this more and more because the things I'm trying to do, I cannot accomplish it by myself. I need the Lord, I need partners, I need, I need other people to come through and make this happen. And I know because I'm trying to do so much good that the devil is like, you know what? Let me mess with him right now. Let me make sure I get him off his path. And I literally think that every single time, even when I have doubts in my mind, I'm like, oh, so don't do that because I'm going to go down the slippery slope and then that's going to open up more, more negativity than I, now I'm not productive. Now I'm being lazy. Now I'm just sitting here not doing what I need to do in order to complete my mission. So the reason why I believe people succumb to those negative thoughts and negative traits is because of number one, their environment, like what they're seeing, what they're watching, what they're eating, what they're doing, but also it's from a religion, from a religious standpoint, that they're not fueling their body enough to prepare them for when temptation comes knocking on their door. This is a this is another example. It's like if you're in a relationship, right? This, oh, this is oh, beautiful. <laughs> if, if, if you if so, so it's like having a relationship with the Lord, right? So that same thing is having a relationship with your spouse. If you do not have a relationship with your spouse, you are more likely to cheat. It's just like it's just like right there. If you're not talking to your wife, if you're not being intimate with your wife, or or your significant other, right? If you're not if you're not having those moments where y'all are really exchanging uh, moments of intimacy, of vulnerability, of happiness, of joy, well, then when 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 someone else comes and gives you that attention, you're gonna be like, hey, what's up? You're gonna be like, oh, what, like, what is this? You know. They're like, oh, this is new. You know, I've never had this before, or I'm not getting this from where I, I want to get it. So, so when, I, when I think about it from that perspective, it all goes back to having a relationship 
And if you do have a relationship with what's good, what's holy, what's righteous, right? If you're doing all these things, well, then your mind will less likely go down the the, the negative way or, or go down um, in any type uh, of left field, right? You'll stay on the right and narrow and do it to walk that line a little easier. Well, that right there was strong. You gave all lessons right there. I can see over there about to preach to the, uh, the church right now. You know, we're going to go open up the doors. <laughs> but that that is very true, especially with the environment and relationship. It's just all the little details go a very long way, especially when it comes down to that. It's like what you spend your time or what consumes your mind or what is your uh, mind focused on the most is what forms of reality, forms of direction, things like that. And it's always interesting. It's like when you are not doing anything at all in life, you don't get bothered. But as soon as you get up and want to do something uh, uh, right for yourself or start moving forward or start aiming for your goals and dreams, that's when all the temptation, that's when all the little unexpected things happen. And when you are this close to your breakthrough, that's when you get your biggest challenge. And you're like, why mm -hmm. me? Like I'm doing everything right. And I'm getting hit with this by so-and-so or Bob or whatever who's not doing nothing at the, on the couch isn't getting hit at all. But I believe that it's all a test when it comes down to that, of um, testing you of like not only of your faith, but how bad do you really want it and are you ready for what's coming uh, in next, I'm sure. So I want to go ahead and close this up pretty soon, but I want you to leave us with some encouraging last words and also leave information of where they can find you and follow to keep all this information and energy going uh, so they can keep on the right pathway. Sure, sure. So encouraging words, uh, what I'll say is, is two things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to narrow it down to two things. One is use your privilege. Right, whatever privilege you do have, whether you're white, whether you're rich, whether you have a, a, a nice network, social media presence, whatever your privilege is, use that to benefit of others. Um, and I say that because like we could only we could only go so far with the help of everyone in our society, and especially with the current climate that we're in today, we need a lot more good people to speak up. Because I know we got some good people in the world right now. Uh, so I need y'all to use your voices, use your platforms, and, and, and empower other people to do the same. Uh, the second thing that I would say is rest. Rest, rest, rest. I am someone who is so challenging with that myself. I'm normally on the go, go, go. I normally don't stop. I normally you know, always want to do things. You know, uh, man, I wake up at 5 o'clock, and sometimes I'll, I'll work. With work straight until maybe like nine, ten o'clock, and that's not good. It is just it is not good at all. So take the time to rest, enjoy yourself, and resting doesn't mean necessarily sleeping. We I mean, just taking a break, right? Do some meditation, go for a walk, whatever you need to do in order to make sure that you're that you're, that you're good. Because if you're not a hundred, how can you produce any that is a hundred, right? So it's like think about that, right? Well, what are you doing to make sure you're good in order to keep on moving forward? And as far as ways to, to get in contact, uh, so you can reach me on LinkedIn. You know, it's Michael Ward Jr. I am the president and CEO of Autumn, which is Austin Urban Technology Movement. I am also a podcaster myself. So, so shout out to Chris. I have from one podcaster to another, uh, which is Culture Crawl ATX. I'm heavily involved around workforce development and digital equity. It's kind of the focal point that I, that I tend to have conversations around. Uh, so feel free to engage with us that way. And the last plug that I have is that currently right now we do have a petition uh, for 
uh, for Texas called a Texas Technology for All petition uh, because right now we know, at least it's my belief, uh, digital equity has now been transformed into a digital currency. And if you don't have access to technology, which means the internet as well and devices, you are being left behind in our society. And we see that by the spread of COVID-19. We see that where now we're moving people to online, whether that's schools and businesses, but yet we don't have the actual foundation and resources to make that happen. So now we're trying to move everybody to this environment online, but we haven't invested in our communities enough to actually make that a reality. And now we're trying to do it overnight and it doesn't work that way. Uh, so I am going to put a plug for that petition. Our goal is to get a million signatures. And right now we have slightly under 1,400. Uh, so please support us. Check us on our website, which is once again, Autumn. It's A-U-T-M-T-X dot org. And you can just find us by Googling Austin Urban Technology Movement. Appreciate y'all. Awesome, awesome. With that, we're going to wrap up another great show and value of information to help you reach it to the next level. It's your host, Chris Holmes, as always, closing you out and always telling you to take it to the next level, never give up, and much more. And again, I have my special guest by the name of... Michael Ward, Jr. Awesome, awesome. Make sure you subscribe, share uh, with your friends and families and much more to keep the inspiration going so that you can take it to the next level. With that, we are out. Peace and much love. I'm not the one